three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. gentlemen days and gays this is the real pineapple this is your humble host hunter here hope you're all having a great night weekend whenever you're checking this out i've got a review here to finally start off a real spooky series because it's october gotta get those halloween movies reviewed so got a review here for x uh which is directed by ti west who you know from Directing The Innkeepers, The House of the Devil, VHS, um, X, of course. Uh, he also went ahead and directed uh, an episode of Scream, the TV series, which I, I've heard mixed things about uh, Wayward Pines. So he actually, um, he's been in the horror genre for a minute. So I've got to, I got to give a shout out, quick shout out here to uh, my boy Nick over on the, on the afternoon tune. So there's this Facebook chat that I have with uh with some film critics, content creators, all that jazz. And Nick has been suggesting this movie and the Black Phone. I'm gonna watch it, Nick. He's been suggesting this movie to me for a while. And look, y'all, we're you know, it this is a one man show. I'm fucking busy. I try to get to everything I can, but there's too much content in the world. But he really kept saying, and not even in a pushy way, but just kept going, dude, you need to check this out. You'll dig it, you'll dig it. So I finally sat down and watched it, and son of a bitch, this is one of my favorite horror movies, maybe ever, and this might crack my top 10. You know, there's a couple months left in the year, still haven't seen all the Oscar shit, but this movie's fucking awesome, though, and I I, I, I gotta give Nick credit, man. Nick, I'm giving you credit, man. Um, Son of a bitch, I enjoyed the hell out of this, and... Everyone needs to watch this. So, just getting that out of the way. So, to go ahead and jump in, this movie takes place in 1979. It's a group of young filmmakers uh, headed by uh, Martin Henderson's Wayne. You know Martin Henderson from several things, including Smoking Aces, which kicks ass, uh, tor- uh, Torque. Because I was sitting here, I was like, this is the guy. Because he always reminds me of like, a young-looking Kurt Russell. And sitting there, I was like, oh, my God, that is him. Uh, he was also in The Ring. Um, oh, he's been in a couple other things. My Life is uh, my life is Murder, Virgin, Virgin River. So he goes in. He's the producer on this foreign, fil- uh, this foreign film, a porn film, pardon me. And the film itself is going to star Bobby Lynn, who's played by uh, Brittany Snow. You, of course, know from the Pitch Perfect trilogy, uh, Kid Cudi who plays Jackson, uh, one of the best rappers, goddamn, maybe ever. I, I fucking love Kid Cudi. Uh, you know him from several things, including How to Make in America and Intergalactic, which just came out. I will be reviewing that. Um, uh, that came out on Netflix, but you know him from the Man of the Moon trilogy, one of my favorite trilogies of albums ever. Ginny uh, Ortega, who plays Lorraine, who's kind of the, the shy, timid one who is involved this project but is rather uncomfortable with it and then her kind of sort of boyfriend named rj who's played by owen campbell and of course the star of the movie 
Mia Goth, who plays Maxine. So what I really enjoy about this movie is that it gives you very much that A24 feel, and I've talked about it. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, I've talked about what a whore I am for A24 and for Neon. I love independent movies. I just love independent film as much as I love the, you know, the superhero Marvel shit, the Fast and Furious stuff. I do love things that are smaller in scope that really allow, allows a director to sink or swim on their own merits. And considering that Wes is the writer and director on this, this is all him. So if this movie sucks, largely it's because of him. And thankfully it doesn't. But getting into the movie itself, one thing I really love about the movie is that, yes, this is, you know, this is a porn film. And so you get to see, you know, boobs and you get to see Kid Cudi's ass, which I was like, oh, hello. So, you know, everyone's getting naked and stuff. And so, you know, there is that titillation that you're like, oh, that that's quite wonderful. But then there's always that cloud hanging above the film of going, okay, this, this can't be all this film is. And, of course, it turns out it's not. Uh, Stephen uh, Yuri plays Howard in the movie. He was one, uh, one of the elderly people who owns the property that that they're on. And I'm, and I'm being very vague because there are clues that are clearly set up early on in the movie, and I don't want to just go, oh, this is what it's about. Uh, you, of course, know him as a Gorbag from the Lord of the Rings films. But one thing I love about Howard and his wife and... I, I don't even want to, I, I won't even say her name because again I'm trying to keep it vague. The thing that's interesting about their relationship is that they're both coming from a place of things didn't work out the way they wanted. But you see them early on watching TV, and that actually incorporates really well into the end the, the end of the film. And what's great is that when Wayne shows up on the property, he hadn't told Howard about the fact he was going to have all these people with him. And so Howard very bluntly says, I don't think I like you very much, Wayne. And that's the introduction. That's the first time they fucking meet. And so the, the, the movie already sets the tone and sets the table for the fact that they're on tumultuous ground from the point that they go ahead and go to this farm. And of course, Wayne doesn't tell Howard what they're doing. He just goes ahead and gives them money and even throws on a little extra, as he says to Howard. But that's all he tells them. He doesn't tell them that they're going to be shooting anything there. And so it leads to some very interesting character moments between our cast because Bobby Lynn and Jackson have this really interesting conversation with Lorraine where they're talking about the stigma of porn. And Bobby Lynn basically goes, yeah, a lot of people watch porn. They just don't want to actually have that, that have that conversation. And, and, you know, uh, porn isn't going to just be for the perverts anymore. It's, it's really interesting because when you think about something like 50 shades, uh, 50, the 50 shades of gray films, or even something like magic Mike, where it's like, we're comfortable with the concept of pornography and nudity, but we're way more comfortable with violence. And that's how America, you know, fuck has always been. But it's really interesting how the goalpost gets gets moved in the sake of uh, in the sake of certain projects. And X does actually have a little bit to say about that. And there's this really cool sequence where Bobby uh, Bobby Lynn is playing landslide and and uh, Jackson is playing the guitar. And the way that it does this really cool split screen between Howard and his wife and what's happening in the barn or in the house where everyone's staying. 
it's this really cool juxtaposition that I just absolutely fucking love, and it's so well shot. And the contrast between these people winding down after a pun intended hard day's work, and <laughs> and you know the the marriage of Howard and his wife being just stuck in this place. It's really quite fascinating the way the film goes ahead and does that split and goes ahead and just ramps up ramps up the tension. There are a couple points as well that the humor is just funny. The the movie is very witty in that in that snarky way. Uh, there's this one line that Wayne has where <laughs> where I, I think it's Maxine, uh, Mia Goff's Maxine goes, you know, goes, Howard kind of gives me the creeps. And Wayne basically goes, you know, you know, he thinks you're hot. His pecker probably hasn't been this hard since you were born. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, it's it's one of those lines that catches you off guard. But there's there are quite a few lines in, like that that I went, damn, I, I, I'm, I'm liking this. There's a point where Kid Cudi is getting yelled at by RJ. And RJ is basically telling him, you know, move you know, move a frame like this or move your body like this. And Jackson goes, you know, let me do the fucking, okay? You know, you're just the cameraman. <laughs> and it's really, there's a lot of sass going on with this group. And as they start filming and as things start to come out and as character motivations and relationships change, I really like what happens with, with Lorraine and RJ. They have the scene together where it, it, this is a mild spoiler, but it's fine. Where Lorraine, you know, basically goes, I want to be in the movie. And RJ, if this was anyone else that he didn't have feelings for, and I don't actually recall if they say that they're dating. If it was anyone else, RJ would probably be like, Oh my God, you're hot. Yeah, I'll find a way to, to, to fit you in. But RJ goes, You know, I'm an act, I'm, you know, I'm an artist. I can't just go ahead and insert you into the movie. And it leads to this interesting conversation between Wayne and RJ that I was really captivated by. And it's a, it's a very interesting stance that Wayne takes as far as Lorraine wanting to be in the film. But RJ ends up having just this, this conflict of interest, clear conflict of interest. And it's really cool how, how that whole conversation works out and how it actually plays into the film itself. So Getting into other couple things, so again, I am trying to be very, very vague. You know this is a slasher film, and I will say the first kill, when that happens, it's such a, oh my fucking god, sort of moment. It caught me off guard in the best way, even though I was sitting there going, oh, person, why did you do this? This is a very dumb decision. But at the same time... One thing that always kind of makes me roll my eyes about certain horror movies is, you know, I'm black and it's just like the dumb white people syndrome. It's like, why are you going in that house? Why are you doing this? And even though there's a little bit of that in here, because the fact that, you know, Howard and his wife are so old, you just kind of go, you know, what the fuck are they going to do? You know, they're old people. And a very, a very good lesson learned, people. Don't, don't underestimate each other because, uh, yeah, people can do some fucked up shit. And the way that the movie does play with that the way the movie talks about porn the way the movie talks about sex and how you know it's perceived across genders it's really quite fascinating the movie does leave you with quite a bit to actually think about there is a point too and you know it's the old hitchcock rule where you know if you see a gun you know it's going to be used uh west does a great job here showing this crocodile and you kind of go huh that's interesting and so you're just waiting for that crocodile, you know, Peter Pan style, eat somebody. And 
Oh my god, when the crocodile comes into play, that shit. Whoo, that's some that's some bad shit when it happens too, and it's it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Um, a couple points I want to throw out here. So there is this. Um, there's a twenty uh, at the twenty nine thirteen mark. There's this overhead shot of the crocodile that I fucking adore. Pause it at that point. You'll love it. Uh, Nineteen twenty two. There's this wide shot of them walking in the field that I would love to just have a poster of that. I love that shot. The there's an overhead shot at the fifty six twenty four mark. Another shot I love. There's a shot at. An hour and 28 seconds that I absolutely adore uh, at the hour, two minute and 14 second point that I absolutely adore. And then the last one I'll point out is the 70. Uh, it's like at the 100 uh, or the hour, 10 minute and three second mark that I absolutely adore. The ending of this movie and where it ends up and what it ends up really saying in its ending is something that I just went, fuck, I love this. The ending for me is what bumps it up from what's a great movie to what's a fucking fantastic movie. I cannot wait to... I'm going to buy this. I, I'm definitely buying this. I don't know if this is in 4K or if there's a special edition of it, but damn it, if there is, I'm buying it. This is going to be a yearly Halloween watch for me moving forward. This is something that I adore. This is something that I, I, I can't wait to have like a watch party for and have people over but this this movie kicks so much ass and it's so much fun it's very also <laughs> titillating <laughs> but at the same time the way the movie f- pulls that 180 and goes oh you thought it was just about this actually and then you go oh fuck okay the movie does a good job of kind of messing around with you and again the horror and the kills, god damn, the kills in this movie are so well done and are so intense. And when I got to the end of this and you, we find out that, you know, we're getting a, uh, that Pearl exists. You know, there's this whole prequel shot in secret. And the fact that we're getting Maxine as well. Crazy that we're getting an X trilogy and I'm fucking here for it. But as I mentioned earlier, uh, shout out to Nick on, uh, from the Afternoon Tune for giving me this recommendation, dude. Appreciate you. Uh, this is a fan fucking tastic. I can't, I, I can't not give it that. I, I was so impressed with everyone in this movie, and the actresses really come to play. I, I really do think Kid Cudi is a very underrated actor. I've seen him quite a few things that I just think he's wonderful in. But Brittany Snow, Jenna Ortega, and Mia Goth. Mia Goth especially is just she's special. She she truly is special, and I'm so happy that she's getting this getting this spotlight because i remember seeing her in a cure for wellness and that's just that's a performance that's unfortunately lost in a movie that should be better but between that and between the remake of emma that she was in with anya taylor joy she's been on the come up for a minute and i'm really happy that she's really starting to get her shine and starting to get more attention because she really does deserve it so i'm so excited to see what she does next and i can't wait to rewatch this so X, everyone, what did you think of that, uh, about it? Um, yeah, what did you think about this? I, I'd love to get people's thoughts on it, but let us know what you thought. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. Don't forget to like both our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneUp, and Samsung Podcasts 
at the real pineapple. Don't forget to uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, it does help the show. So thank you so much for that. You can find me on Letterbox as well at Black Shazam seven seven five. Or sorry, at just Black Shazam. Pardon me, Black Shazam on Letterbox and Black Shazam seven seven five on TikTok. There we go. But thank you so much for listening, everyone. The Real Spooky series is going to continue throughout the month, including reviews for Hocus Pocus 2, the original Halloween, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, The House of a Clock in Its Walls, and the Scream franchise, to name a few. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Wear your mask. Get your booster shot. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you soon.